Hey, Tilly, I know we usually do jokes right here. We usually put in a joke, but I don't like political jokes. I've seen way too many of those get elected. <sighs> On this week's episode of Another Digital Citizen, we'll be talking about the news of this week, including the US presidential election, Polybius, Doctor Strange, Westworld Episode 6, plus... We'll see if I've managed to torture Luke with TV. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Digital Citizen, day after the election. This is Luke, uh, introducing the show today because Fro is not here because of our election coverage last night. I'm assuming he's still asleep. Uh, If you listen to our uh, little 30-minute thing we did uh, last night, it went out, at least for me, about 2 in the morning. Uh, We were up really late doing that last night, so maybe Fro will appear while we're doing the show, but uh, Tilly, you're here. I'm here, yay! I didn't watch the election thing or do the election podcast, so I'm awake. (laughs) But you found out about it this morning, so... Oh, I did. Well, I went to bed pretty late last night. It was sort of three or four in the morning, not as late as you guys. And sort of looked and saw that there was a lot of a lot of red bits on the little American map. And everywhere's all sectioned into states. And I saw a lot of red ones coming up. And I was like, oh, oh, I've got to go to sleep now. And woke up and, yeah, jaw hit the floor. It was a shock. I mean, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, later in our news, but... If you want to hear a much more in-depth thing, go to our special election coverage uh, in the feed. Uh, not It was just a little 30-minute thing we did before the actual election was announced uh, or predicted, I guess, by the major networks. And then a little thing afterwards. So it's fun. Uh, we got some interesting new people that you haven't heard on the show before on there. Uh, check it's it out. It's very good. I listened to it earlier. And it is. Cool. Yeah. I giggled. And... I kind of fancied a shot of tequila. (laughs) I think a lot of people were at that point uh, then. I mean, like I said, I got the show out at about 2 in the morning. I think we got off the Skype call maybe around uh, 1, maybe a little before then. So for Fro, that would be like 8 in the morning, 9 in the morning, something like that, I believe. Does that sound about right? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, 
it was late. Uh, we, we had uh, maybe seven or eight people come in and out, and actually just one person randomly that saw uh, the YouTube feed that we had going, just somebody from Tennessee that didn't even listen to the show or anything, just showed up from YouTube and hung out for maybe uh, 20 minutes and told us their thoughts on the election and everything. So it was fun. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll get into the news. We'll oh, the save news. the presidential uh, results for the end so everybody has to listen to the news uh, <laughs> up till then. But right after we did the show last week, uh, day after, uh, Quentin Tarantino came out and he said he's going to retire after he does two more films. I'm not sure if this has anything to do with him thinking that Donald Trump might get elected, but he's <laughs> he's decided to retire after two more films. What do you think about that, Tilly? Well, he has done a lot of films. True. He's been around forever. Yeah. And I think, you, you know, there does come a point where you can either keep going until you're dead or stop while you are still synonymous at being awesome. So I kind of, I think it's, I think it's a good idea, but I'm still, I don't like things to keep going and going and going and going and going and going. It just being, oh, here's another Tarantino and another Tarantino and another one, another one. Right. He could, uh, once you get, once you get really, really old, uh, that whole, I'm fighting against the, uh, system of Hollywood, which he's been doing forever. doesn't really work quite as, uh, he, being the stubborn, uh, filmmaker once you get older it doesn't quite work as well uh but he it seems like probably by the end of next year he may be retired uh if uh, we get maybe two films in the next year so because i know let's see last one he did was hateful eight right so i think so yeah yeah Yeah, it says two more films It'll be interesting to see what those two films are. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to try to go all out, which should be fun. I think that's the biggest, most exciting part of the story. Yeah, either that or he's um, not so confident about them. So he's just saying, I'm going to retire after these so everybody loves them. And then he'll just carry on. <laughs> A little follow-up from uh, the news stories we did last week about uh, the U.S. military and the British military moving their troops towards uh, Russia. Uh, I had mentioned, like, to our Japanese listeners, oh, don't don't send your troops towards Russia. That would be don't do that. That's bad. Uh, which they haven't done that. But um, earlier this week, uh, the U.S. military, us, we sent uh, a whole bunch of troops to Guam. Which if you look at a map, that's kind of uh, it's right next to Japan, but right below and also right below Russia, uh, and also right next to North Korea. We sent. Uh, a nuclear submarine there for the first time since the 80s so and this is for so they can do exercises and drills and things isn't it right they said that uh this the reason this is called the submarine uss pennsylvania the reason that it went to guam is because it was for a scheduled port visit so apparently they schedule these uh i don't know every f- 40 years if it hasn't been there since the 80s, I'm confused as to how that's a scheduled port visit. But yeah, that's what they're calling it. Uh, this is 37,000 American and Japanese troops training, doing military exercises, including this uh, mil- uh, nuclear submarine in in Guam. So, yeah, they're uh, 
But again, in, isn't this partly to do with um, a tiny little island and the dispute between China and um, Japan about this little island? There's been... Um, I can't pronounce this island. It's got a very, very interesting name. Right. And, Jap- uh, Japan, Young, Young, uh, Goal, Young, Goal Island, maybe? Sounds about right. Yeah. But yeah, they've been, Japan and China have been in dispute about it. So now Japan have got a bit of, uh, well, they're getting a bit of training by the looks of it. So if you think about it, there's 11,000 US soldiers or troops, and 26,000 Japanese troops. That's enough for the US troops to be teaching the Japanese troops what they need to know. And then maybe we're just, oh, we're going to leave you that submarine. See you in a bit. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it looks like Fro's trying to call us. So let's get oh, Fro in on the call. Let me add him real quick. Um, whoa. Add people. Boop, boop. But yeah, uh, it definitely looks like uh, there's, you know, it's it definitely exercises, but there seems like they're getting ready for something with all this military action around the world. Uh, right there, not only do you have China, but you also have North Korea. So, yeah. hi, Fro. I think everybody's flexing muscles. Hi, Froseph. We already started the show. You're on the show right now. Hi. Hey, Fro. How are you? Guess I just woke up. We thought you might. I think be it was asleep. Fro. Yeah. <laughs> you want to call us back when you're more awake? We'll just keep no. going, and then you can pop on whenever you want. No, just continue. Okay, because you sound like you're uh, dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh no, the world's uh, ending from Norway onwards. Zombie Fro. Zombie fro. Yeah, you don't sound very podcast friendly, but uh, that's fine. Uh, just continue. I, I'm I'm just going to get ready and getting like more uh, awake and right. and I will just uh, chime in when I'm a little more awake. All right, cool. Okay, we'll wake uh, you up with stories of military action in. Um, what would you call it? Military action, troop. Going over to visit in uh, Japan. Uh, yeah, I mean the drill, the drills in Guam uh, between them are not really that, that not really that uh, big a deal, I guess. As far as like, I'm sure that uh, we do drills with other countries all the time, but us sending a nuclear submarine there uh, for the first time since the 80s—that's a little, it's a little strange, a little suspect. So yeah, it, it seems a bit posturing and. Like they're flexing muscles, just sort of saying exactly. to everybody in that area, "Hey, we've we've got friends." Right. So I guess uh, I don't know if this goes with Donald Trump, but uh, right before the election, I think two days before, uh, they uh, they opened the crypt believed to be the tomb of Jesus for the first time in centuries. <laughs> How does this have anything to do with the presidential election? Uh, I think maybe they were going, we might as well do it now because we might not have a chance after this. Yeah. If the end of the world's coming anyway, let's go into Jesus' grave. Maybe he'll have something to tell us. Maybe what they're thinking. Maybe he'll, he'll wake up and go, okay, that's it. <laughs> I'm back. Well, yeah, if he was there, that would be uh, a big sort of, hey, Bible readers, 
he didn't leave. <laughs> there was no resurrection. Uh-uh. But he wasn't there, I, so they... I was really. a bit... Uh, I was completely unaware that this tomb existed, I guess, but it's called the gar- Garden Tomb, uh, where Christians believe Jesus was uh, buried. And... Yeah, I, I knew something like this. I knew there was a, a like resting place of Jesus that you could go to, but where... I don't know, the legends and talk around something and the actual historical fact, I don't know. Because nobody knows anything really factually about Jesus. Right. There is no proof of any of this. But, it, but... Isn't, isn't this inside the church? Uh, because because I, I remember when I saw this Bill Maher documentary about... Uh, the Bill Maher documentary they, they did about religion... Uh, Bill Maher went into a church. Uh, I'm assuming they built the church around the tomb. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Religious or something. Is that the documentary's name? It's a really good movie, by the way. And and uh, yeah, I I think he went into the church where 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 Jesus was yeah born and 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 I think so. Did they build it around it? You say? Yeah. Mm, okay. That's normally the way of things like that. It's the Church of Holy Sepulchre. Sepulchre. Alright, they in Jerusalem. It, yeah, that's generally how it works is they find a holy space and then they surround it with walls or, you know, make it Israel. One of those things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was an interesting story from uh, from Moscow, actually. I guess it's a little bit of a follow up from last week, but also just kind of to show what really is uh, happening in the world. Protesters in Moscow, they piled up. Uh, mannequin limbs and kind of threw them over the wall at uh, the British embassy in Moscow uh, to uh, they're protesting England uh, bombing in Syria uh, the Russians uh, are so it kind of shows you that even on that side of things there are still people protesting the war uh, which is kind of interesting yeah it's it's kind of crazy but then when you look at the pictures you can't help but laugh because the um, they come back to this because in Russia they were they were throwing lots of mannequin uh, arms and legs, but the at the Russian embassy in London, um, twenty five activists from two campaign groups piled up like over eight hundred mannequin arms and legs into a very elaborate pile at the gates. Yeah. I have a question for you. I just woke up. Uh, have Hillary came out and said something? I just woke up too, so you're going to have yes. to look that up. Yeah, she okay. has. I haven't okay. seen it, but I know she has. I've seen the, the pictures of it, but I haven't clicked on any of the videos. Okay. And she's uh, called Donald Trump as well and sort of conceded to him. Right, that happened when we were okay. uh, still doing the... I don't know you guys' timeline. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, let's get into that right now. U.S. presidential election, uh, Donald Trump wins. What? What? This is crazy. Uh, yeah, we like I said, we did a lot of coverage on on it last night, but um, I guess uh, Hillary came came out this morning and did a speech. I did not see it because I just woke up. 
Fro did not see it because he just woke up. Uh, Tilly, what did you see from it? Did they? Did you see anything about it or? Um, just that she said that, like you have, we have to accept it, and I, can't, I might have just read just that much. Okay. You that know, makes things sense. come up on Facebook, but yeah, just sort of she's she's not going to do what Donald Trump did and say that she wants a recount or anything. She's just okay, like the people have spoken. <sighs> right, I'm seeing it here. Uh, uh, according to CNN, she says, "I'm sorry." Uh, with those simple words, Hillary Clinton, who thought she would be the president Wednesday, uh, yeah, she, she last night she conceded to him, and today I guess she made the speech. So uh, I'm assuming all the uh, votes have been counted and everything's been passed. Uh, we knew way early last night, uh, basically right when the polls ended, everybody on the Skype call. I did the math. I went through all the states and did the math and saw where what what was possible. And we all went, OK, this is impossible for Hillary to win. Uh, but it seemed like she wanted to wait for all the votes to come in. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, you can't start admitting defeat and things until you know how much you've been defeated by. Right, exactly. And uh, her her campaign manager, John Podesta, uh, from the Podesta emails and WikiLinks, he uh, he came out and said she that's exactly what she was going to do last night. That she was going to uh, she wasn't going to do a speech until all the votes were counted. I'm looking at Arizona right now, and it still says 99 percent reporting. So all the votes have not been counted, but most of them have. Um, yeah, there are a few states that still have. Uh, it, um, Arizona and maybe that's it but uh and it's pretty close 99 percent that's you know that's damn close so yeah uh she definitely lost and uh let's look at the popular vote uh 59 400 uh, 59 million uh, almost 500,000 for Donald Trump uh 59 million 700,000 for Hillary Clinton, so um, about a two hundred, yeah, about a two hundred thousand, a little less than a two hundred thousand uh, vote difference so far. So pretty close. Yeah, that's but if you, closer than I thought it was. Right, and but if you look at the electoral, what is happening, bro? Uh, mute your <laughs> mute. Oh, sorry, your mic. Uh. If you look at the Electoral College, Trump has 279, Clinton had 228. So in the Electoral vote, it's a bit of a blowout. But if you look at the popular vote, it was a bit closer. Um, but popular vote does not actually count towards winning the presidency because it goes state by state. And that's why we get the Electoral electoral vote. And that's what, that is what uh, determines the presidency, not the popular vote. So. Uh, okay. it's a broken system. It's out of date and, uh, it should be changed, but that's how it is. And that's, that's who won. So isn't that half of the reason why, uh, well, I can't say all the Trump supporters, but quite a few people that voted for Trump, didn't they sort of do it as a bit of a, like a lot of people doing it, like voting for Brexit as a sort of, we don't want this kind of government. We don't want these kind of people. Let's, have somebody like this in charge or, you know, go for the unpopular vote. 
that nobody well, thinks is going to happen to shake the system. It's a bit of that, um, but it's also a bit of just a lot of people felt that um, Hillary Clinton is just uh, she felt she was a, people were pushing it to, to that. That's who you have to have. It's got to be Hillary Clinton. There's nobody else. And yeah. that whole mentality definitely pushed Trump. I mean, there, you can say all the different things of the reasons Donald Trump got in power. Um, the media at the beginning, I think we mentioned a ton on this show how, I mean, we basically on this show in our news segment made a, made a decision, a kind of unspoken decision, uh, unspoken on the show. We talked about it, but that we weren't going to talk about Donald Trump's shenanigans because that was just giving Donald Trump more airtime. And what we thought Donald Trump doesn't need more airtime. He's got yeah. so much airtime, uh, on the major networks that. Uh, are building him up and treat him like Freddy Krueger. Right. You ignore and him. You we, take away his power. <laughs> yeah. I think we said that at the time. Totally. And, uh, they, they just kept pushing it. And then once they realized Donald Trump, maybe he was going to get in, they started pushing against it, but at the same time, they're still giving him airtime. So that whole th dynamic, I think is what created Donald Trump and why we have Donald Trump as the president right, right now is that whole media, um, the problem with the mainstream media, in my opinion, uh, that they just will follow whatever gets ratings, even if it is harmful to whatever, which I think it was harmful in this this case. But yeah, I agree with that. Right. But like I said, in the things that are wrong and aren't working properly, they're working yeah, together, and... but they're not working properly for everyday people. Yeah. Like I said, in the, in the other podcast, uh, this could bring people together. And that's kind of the positive thing we can take out of this is that hopefully this will bring people together together against uh, a government that's probably going to fuck a lot of shit up really quick, is my guess. And people yes. are going to be mad about it. And hopefully that will bring people together. And then in four years, maybe we can get an actual progressive candidate uh, elected and we'll um, in four years be a lot better off than maybe even we would have been if Hillary got elected. But that's just a way to look at things on the bright side so yeah you can think of it as the beginning of something and everything when it starts isn't as good as it's going to be and this might be yeah it might be a long haul but it might be the start to something better for future generations because if everybody rises up and goes hang on uh, no we cannot have this Everybody's going to be, be together. Future, it will be in the future. Generation. Exactly. We don't need aliens anymore. We've got everybody can rebel against Donald Trump. Oh. And the entirely Republican isn't like all of everywhere in America now. Right. But exactly. The Senate so and the, the House and the Republican. Senate. Yeah, both went Republican. Uh, the House uh, went very Republican. They won a whole lot of the seats. Uh, the the Senate is only 51 to 47, so it's the it's the very tip of majority that Republicans yeah. have right now in the Senate, but they def they do have the majority. So, what uh, is the House? House of Representatives. Uh, so, Senate and House and President are all part of uh, uh, the balance of power. Uh, okay. So that they. Nobody has as much power uh, and always has somebody that can veto whatever somebody else is trying to do. That's yeah. how American government works, yeah. So, Which, in essence, should work, but... 
Right, but our politicians are bought out by corporations, so it doesn't yeah. always work for us. Um, There's whole yeah. new factors. Me, personally, I want to thank someone for for um, the night we had. It uh, and That's why I'm a little quiet. I'm really tired. I just woke up. We had a tremendously good Skype call. I mean... I think we 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 bonded together tonight. It 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 was really a strange strange feeling, and it was so much. Uh, I will not call it fun, but it it was at least really informative. And I will thank. I want to thank everybody. I'm going. Nobody mentioned. Everybody mentioned is my policy on this. So I just want to thank everybody f- for for coming into the Skype call, and you can listen to the short thirty-minute podcast we did. So right, which yeah, we mentioned, but uh, that that thirty minutes was what? Uh, let's see, we started. I started at one and went to. We did about ten hours on Skype with people. So. Yeah, yeah we there's were, a big we, break, isn't there, in the middle of the 30 minutes Right, thing. exactly. And yeah, so we did back a and little, be like, Oh, it's been like six hours. Yeah, we did it before because we, we thought, okay, the, the result's going to come out pretty soon. Let's do something. And then it pretty soon turned into hours and hours turned into more hours. And then uh, uh, she didn't do her concession speech that night. And we were kind of like, okay, now do we do another the other half or what? And then we... Okay, Donald Trump's coming out to do a speech, and once Donald Trump did his speech, we were like, okay, now it's over. We can finish this podcast up and uh, get it out to everybody and go to bed, basically, because yeah, it was a long night, but uh, it was fun, like Fro said. So, say there's a positive out of this election. You yeah. had fun. Yeah, it was it was fun. So, uh, like. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it anytime soon because it was also insane. Uh, but uh, four years, if we're still around, maybe we'll do another one. So, uh, well, I guess we got what the Norwegian election coming up. We could do one for there, but it's not going to be as long. Um, and Donald Trump's not going to be involved, hopefully. Right. <laughs> I'm the president of the U.S. I'm going over to Norway now. I'm going to be the president of them too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, burp. Um, so, yeah, go check out the Facebook page. A bunch of people talking on there about the election this morning when I woke up. I haven't been able to go through it 100%, but um, a few different posts on there. Uh, and check out Evan McMuffin, because that's a funny picture. And, yes, uh, Evan McMuffin. <laughs> who He uh, got third place, Evan McMullen, who's the actual person, but he got uh, third place in Utah. Right after Hillary Clinton, he was basically almost t- tied with Hillary Clinton uh, in Utah, and Donald Trump won that state. But uh, it was an interesting little uh, part of the election. Uh, uh, and uh, maybe I should – I have not checked to see if we have any emails, but if you want to email us, you can email us at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Uh, no, we do not have any emails, but uh, come yeah, on, you people. can if you want to. You totally can. Uh, so, do you watch anything besides election coverage uh, this week on TV, Tilly? Um, well, yeah, I tried to avoid the election coverage as much as I could until the very, very last minute. 
if you know what right. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the cartoons are back again, and American Dad's got a new series that started, so that makes me happy. And I found a new TV show called Krakenori that's a sort of adult version of the British children's thing, um, well, TV show from my childhood called Jack and Ori, where somebody famous would come and sit and read you a story. Now, this is done on Dave, the comedy TV channel. Right. right. And um, it's got famous comedians or famous comic actors reading these stories, and you get two stories per episode. And it's brilliant. So it's like it's, a children's show for adults, kind of? Yeah. So okay. the stories are sort of dark and twisted, but told a bit like a fairy tale. So you've got um, Rick Mayo did one, as in Drop Dead Fred. Right. And you can imagine what he's like reading a story. And they're not, sort of, they're not sat with a book, but they are sat in a chair telling you a story. And then there's actors acting it out as well. Mm. It's brilliant. And the amount of people that are popping up in it, whether they're playing a part in it or whether they're reading a story, it's very much worth a watch. And especially like when you've fallen asleep, because they are doing the narrative of the story you can sit and like just have your eyes closed we read a story and laugh and some of them are a bit horary and quite twisted others are just hilarious hmm, cool anything else oh yes no such thing as the news on bbc um they're the you know qi uh yeah you've t- you've talked about it before yeah yeah have you watched it yet uh, no, I, oh, I, I'm not right, a huge okay. like ga- game show kind of that kind of thing fan. But yeah, but it's not really. It's more sort of nobody's going to get the answer. Nobody will know the answer. It's going to be something really weird and scientific that nobody'd get. Um, but yeah, the people that do all of the research for that, so find out all of the quite interesting facts, um, have done a podcast for a few years. And now they've just got their own TV show on the BBC called No Such Thing as the News. The podcast was called No Such Thing as a Fish because there is no such thing as a fish. In the okay. in the definition, like if you look into the the encyclopedia of fish or marine life or whatever it is, the first line is there is no such thing as a fish. It's too much of a broad umbrella to put that right. whole category in so that it doesn't officially, a fish isn't a fish. Um but yeah, so they've now done There's No Such Thing as the News, where they do their podcast, but it's filmed in front of an audience. And yeah, they're just four geeky, very intelligent people that are quite amusing, telling us all about their favourite facts that they've found that week. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's and my it's good and new. Podcasts as well, yeah. It is. It's one of those that you sit there listening and you're like, I had no idea. How do they do that? And yeah, very... Very strange, interesting facts that they've found. They've they've written loads of books between them as well, full of, I think, oh, Dick's got some books. Yeah, the QI book of animals and the QI book of general ignorance, um, which have got lots and lots of different examples of, um, well, quite interesting facts about lots of different things. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it if, like, even if you wouldn't enjoy QI necessarily because you don't like the game show thing. Because nobody wins anything. It's just 
it sounds Nobody. like an interesting discussion. That's probably the part I would like most about it, sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that QI is just, well, the first half of the alphabet, because each series is um, named after a letter of the alphabet. They got halfway, and now um, the person presenting's changed. But, yeah, the first half is Stephen Fry. So it's Stephen Fry and four comedians, and he's got all the information and all the knowledge and he asks the questions and they all get it wrong and then he explains the answer and everybody's oh i get it now i can't believe that yeah that makes sense yeah it's not quite a game show but it's a game show you nobody can win sounds like yeah pretty much it's who has the it is who has the most amount of points but everybody's normally in the minuses and the audience could lose points as well sometimes the audience get like minus a thousand points because they've all shouted out a really an answer that everybody thinks is obvious, but it's not right. Huh. It's good fun. And the last thing that I wanted to talk about was on Channel 4, or, well, the 4-player, whatever it's called, okay. The Secret Life of 4-Year-Olds. Now, I've watched, before they did, I think it's The Secret Life of 3, 4, and 5-Year-Olds I was going to say, something. I think you mentioned this on the show at one point, because that sounds really familiar. Yeah, um, well, they've done a new ahead. series and it's new four-year-olds. We've not got to the five-year-olds or the six-year-olds yet, but they're, it's new children in a new school. And again, it's full of some beauties of quotes from these children. There's one little girl that um, she's talking about a boy that's he's a naughty boy, and he's realised that he's now the naughty boy in the class, so he's acting up being extra naughty. And this little girl's talking to the camera and just saying, oh, I'm going to punch him in the face when I'm big and strong. <laughs> There's just loads of little nuggets like that, of little cute children just being like, oh, he's horrible ears, I'll punch him in the face. But when <laughs> I get strong. <laughs> yeah, you move that 10 years ahead and it's not quite as cute anymore, those kind of things. But yeah, totally. Yeah. They can only do so many series. I guess they would stop at around 10, uh, 10 years old, maybe. I don't think they can really go past that with that kind of show. But No, no, it just becomes angry, stroppy. And depressing, well, yeah. Yeah. I actually saw something uh, from ITV this week uh, that I found Ooh. interesting. It was a three-part miniseries uh, that I think it concluded this week. Uh, but it's called Him. Uh, I don't know if either of you saw that. I've not I've seen uh, it on the player thing, but I don't know what it is. Right, it's there are three. It's only three episodes, uh, three hour long episodes. But it's about a kid, uh, a, a teenager. He's probably you know nineteen, eighteen or nineteen, older teenager that uh, has telekinesis. Uh, he can move things with his mind, and uh, it's kind of his struggle with uh, family life because his parents are separated, and his. Uh, stepmom is about to have twins and he d- he can't really find a place in in uh, the world and plus he uh, can move things with his mind so it's interesting uh, the only person that knows about it in his family is his grandma and it's just kind of it's a really interesting thing and the ending was very very strange so I, I'd oh. recommend it it's pretty good uh, and then last week Street Outlaws uh, the racing show came back uh, that show is not as good as it was the first couple seasons but i'm still watching it for some reason so uh fro be something you like right fro are you there yeah did yeah. you watch anything this week uh i watched uh 
the beginning of the crown uh, the netflix series i saw two episodes of it and it was really good oh cool i'll try to remember what to watch that this week i knew yeah, there was something f- i'd miss it seems like there's a few different shows about uh, that subject, about British royalty out right now. Like a couple different shows that I've seen. It seems like a hot topic. Just in time for New Year's so we can all dress up like old styly. Well, either Is that what you guys do over there for New Year's? I don't... <laughs> well, we, we like any excuse to dress up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I might just be talking for me now. I'm not. I'm talking for like 5% of the British population. But majority, than, you know. Okay. Other than that, I've seen Law and Order Special Victim Unit. I, I really enjoy that series. Uh, I'm uh, there. It's a sad series, kind of, because like, uh, it's about molesting on uh, um, on uh, both both females and and male. And but it's 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 one of the most like long run running like TV uh, cop shows and yeah I I enjoy it so I I saw the last season that I haven't seen of Special Victim Unit. Hello. Yes. Oh, it sounded like everybody cut off right there for some reason. But I think yeah. it's because you muted. Um, <laughs> I thought I lost everybody. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Law and Order SVU is like fairly. Mo- it's fairly mocked, but at the same time, tons of people like it. So I can see why yeah. you'd like it. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, right. Yeah. So that was TV round. Uh, this week, one thing I didn't mention that I watched uh, was my torture for this week, round three uh, from Tilly. Did you like it? Uh, this was Dance Moms, uh, season six, episode thirty-one. I think this is, if it's not the most recent, it's the second to most recent episode. Uh, if I believe it's the most them. recent. Okay. There's not been anything else come up. Right, because uh, like you said, on it there is a next week on. But, uh, yeah, uh, this yeah, is one of the that. most recent ones. And uh, this show is about a place called Abby Lee Miller Dance Company. And I wrote down at first that this was a show about uh, some uh, young girls who are uh, working uh, or they're in, in this uh, professional dance studio as children dancers. They work uh, with this lady, Abby Lee Miller. And uh, I really quickly realized that this show is not about those little girls at all. <laughs> because no, they never get to talk on the show. Yeah, it's not called Little Dancers. Like right. The whole show is yeah. about the mums. Right, the whole show, uh, all the side parts where the, they're talking is all the moms talking uh, and giving their opinion on what's going on with their daughters. Uh, it's very disturbing because these women are obviously living vicariously through their uh, six-year-olds kind of, uh, uh, maybe six to six to 14 15 somewhere in there uh, 
they have two sections. Uh, they have the minis, who are the youngest girls, who are all very tiny. They've got to all be like six or seven. And then the juniors, who are more teenage age, 13 or 14 maybe. And in this episode, they were doing a doing dances for a competition based off of Muhammad Ali. Which kind of dates when this was shot, because Muhammad Ali died June 3rd of this year. And they were saying in this that they were doing this because he had just died. So it kind of, yeah. they dated the show right there, um, even though it's a reality show. And uh, besides doing that competition, they also did a commercial for Naomi's Light Up Shoes. Yeah, which I have a pair of them like that, but it's they're from like two years ago. <laughs> Right, and it was a Before terrible commercial. Had them. Oh, yeah. It looked like a commercial that was shot in the 90s for some reason, but whatever, I'm not going to say anything about how bad that is. But really the show, what it was about, is more about uh, the moms versus Abby, because uh, half of these moms were very upset with Abby the whole time. So yeah. uh, that's that's it. It's them moms being pissed off at somebody for not treating their kids right. Seems and like what the gist of the show is. Yeah. Yeah, Simply and they throw money at her. They they don't they complain and complain and complain and never go. Well, maybe we should just leave. Like that's never in the cards in their mind for some reason. It's very strange. No. Well, once they leave, they can never come back because there are through the seasons many have left. But, oh, okay. Yeah. There's. This is why at I chose the, this episode. <laughs> at least the ones that yeah the ones that I saw that this episode. Uh, Half of them, the ones that are with the juniors, all of them seem like they're ready to leave uh, yeah. most of the way through this. And they're they're doing everything against a- Abby. But at the same time, Abby is a huge bitch. So I mm. kind of agree with most of what they're doing. Um, overall, this, this and Clippers Dance Squad were pretty much even, except that there were children involved. Uh which made it that much more depressing and sad. So uh, I, I, uh, I'm gonna have to go with an eight eight point seven five because it's just barely over as bad as the other one. I don't want to go with a nine because I feel like that might be too high. But uh, yeah, eight eight point seven five on Dance Moms. Hey, I'll take that. That's a good score. Oh, I love so, it. Bro, it's one of my favorites. Did you, co- did you come up with anything for my punishment? Uh, did you remember? Yes, I remember. And uh, you are going to see... Um, I think one of the things I tried to do this uh, series and lost on, because now I understand that I lost, uh, uh, is that I gave you the episode of Lost. <laughs> I lost on <laughs> Lost. Uh, so I... I'm thinking, um, can I totally, like, give you something good to watch instead? Just to be nice? And I, I think mean, you should could, see I guess. It. Yeah, because, uh, uh, yeah, why not? Okay, I will give you the last episode of Wender Pop- Pump Rules. Uh, <laughs> one of the best TV shows in the world. Van- Vander Pump Rules? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you sure. have an epi- episode number? Or? Uh, 501. Okay, like, season, season see- 5, episode 1. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Best show ever. 
All right. Wow. I've never seen this either, so I guess I'll have to check it out. Uh, well, I'm hearing myself. I'm hearing yourself too. Okay. <laughs> That's your. It's from your micro. I'm not really sure what's happening there, but. Okay, sorry about that. But oh. uh, yeah, Wember, Wonder Pump Rules is an American reality television uh, series uh, airing at uh, Bravo. And it debuted on January 7th, 2013. And then and, turned up uh, on TLC. Yeah. Do you watch this? I've seen it a couple of times. So yeah. when I'd run out of Honey Boo Boo and things to watch. Uh-huh. Because it's a spin-off of the real house uh, of uh, Beverly Hills. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's uh, about uh, Lisa Wanderpump and uh, her staff at West Hollywood, California restaurant. Okay. So, enjoy. All right. Interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll have to see what this is all about. But, uh, yeah, I'll talk about that next week. So, yeah, that was Dance Moms. Uh, and it was terrible. Uh, I guess we'll do the movie round real quick because... Uh, Fro is going to take off uh, before we finish up the show. But what did you see on uh, uh, in the movies this week, Fro? In the movies, uh, I have, uh, this week I've I maybe have seen more movies in uh, in one like uh, day than I I usually do. It, it was kind of strange. I saw The Secret Life of Pets. We talked about that movie. We had that, uh, and um, it was real good. Um, I remember then when we read about it that everybody's like, this is a really bad, bad um, version of uh, of a cartoon. But I, 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 I actually enjoy, enjoyed it. Like, uh, it was... It wasn't like the best movie ever, but but I enjoyed it. Then hmm. I met, uh, uh, saw Miss uh, Peregrine's Home for Particular Children. That was a shit, shit, shit movie, and they d- destroyed the fucking book. Do you remember when we read about that? And and then everybody was like, "If you like the book, you're not going to like the movie." Right. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is. But I haven't read the book. Do you think I would enjoy it if if I hadn't read the book? Maybe or maybe not. I, I guess it's know. hard for you to tell because you. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm, I'm biased. So, but then I got shit scared watching Ouya or Ouija, Origin of Evil. We talked about that last week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and holy shit balls! That was a scary movie. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Really good movie. Oh, I, I miss scary movies. This. Yeah, I've heard a I lot of good things this. about it so far. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen three movies and the movie that we will talk about soon. All right. Uh, what about you, Tilly? Any movies this week? Mm, I don't believe so. Okay. I've got the patience uh, for movies. Right. <laughs> I watched a... Uh, um, the nice guys this week because uh, I went to the IMDb to- uh, top 216 uh, top 100 to 
2016 movies just to see like what 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 was going there. And uh, actually, Zootopia is number one. I found that strange. I haven't seen that yet, but I might may see it next week. But I saw the new guys, um, which was really 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 good. It's very funny. Uh, who is in it? Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, why can't I remember his name right now? Oh, it's the nice guys, not the new guys. No wonder I can't remember anything. But it's got a uh, Ryan Gosling in it, right? Uh, and Russell Crowe. A fat Russell Crowe, but it's a very good movie, and it's worth checking out. I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets some awards in the upcoming awards season. And then the other thing in movies uh, I saw this week, uh, which Fro may be actually pretty excited about, but Journey to the West Two got a release date this week. Woohoo! Uh, which anybody, if you haven't seen Journey to the West, uh, it's a ja- uh, Chinese movie uh, based yes. off of Chinese. Uh, myth and they're making a second one it's going to come out uh january 28th so wow. uh that's the chinese release so we'll probably have to wait a little bit for a dubbed slash uh subtitle version for us to watch but um I, exciting because that movie uh, it's definitely in one of my the first one is in like the top five my top five favorite movies of all times so. i love wow. i love the first movie right uh Everybody go see Journey of the West. It's like it, oh. everybody will love it. It it's it'll make you laugh, make you cry. There are horror scenes in it. There are love scenes in it. There are com there's comedy in it. It it covers all spectrums and uh it's just really well done. So um that it came out in two thousand stars. Yeah, it, it's one you could watch uh you know with your boyfriend and you will both love it. Uh because mm-hmm. it's got it's got everything in it. So uh, it came out in 2013, and it's uh, they're finally coming out with a second one. Uh, they, I think the photo- uh, they started filming a year ago, and so it, it's just now that they're coming out with the release date. But yeah, mm-hmm. you should watch that with uh, Dick. Yeah, he, totally. He doesn't really like watching films. He's very much like me in the. I, don't I know. think he'd be He's surprised how amazing yep. this is. Yeah, I think he would. I think anybody would enjoy it. So, at least I'll try to get it on next it. time. We've got yeah. nothing else to watch. I'll just be like, oh, well, this. Right. Oh, yeah, I'll put stars on this. <laughs> it's like uh, if you combine a kung fu movie with a horror film and a comedy and a love story, and you smash them all together, and then make it uh, about mythical beasts and cre- like all that in one movie. It's crazy. It's really good. Cool. Um. But yeah, uh, the other thing that Fro watched this week, uh, what was the other thing you watched this week, Fro? I watched Doctor Strange. And here's the trailer audio for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is... You think you know how the world works? What, what? Uh, was that what if I told you? Oh, uh, that's my chinchilla. Uh, no. <laughs> where, where does the surname Strange uh, origin or originate from? <laughs> Not Maybe else. it's just his actual Not last name. Is that a last name? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Right. It went a bit kaleidoscopy then. Uh, lo- the oh, your chinchilla really liked this movie. Yep, he does. Reality. Whoa. 
It's going all Inception on us. Uh, I'm I'm a little tired of uh, hearing that because like everybody that I oh just stole so many things from Inception. Uh no. Didn't I'm just see. saying what I'm looking at. So yeah. I know it borrowed a lot of from Inception. I didn't like steal. He's had a shave. He's had a shave, he's looking at the window. Stronger land than you have lost their way. He has a window that goes out to the ocean like that? How does that Yes. That seems unsafe and pain. Wow. You're Shinchilla. I'm excited by Doctor Strange. Yeah. There is no It does it kind of looks like you'd want to be in one of those 4D cinemas where the seat moves and everything. Apparently you need to question reality. Okay, seriously, bro, Inception? Like, this not... Yeah, how is... I know. Okay. For you. I'm so glad I haven't seen wow. Inception. He looked very, very Ben Affleck right there, uh, Cumberpatch did. Like, that shot, he looked super Ben Affleck-y, didn't he? Or was that just me? Uh, Marvel's affleck him. The Wi-Fi password. <laughs> the Wi-Fi. Uh, 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 wow. Tibetan monks have Wi-Fi, so. Yeah, and he's now fireproof. Oh, Rachel McAdams. Somebody called... in there. They didn't show it. It was Benedict Wong as well. Oh, yeah, I didn't even see that. Wow. That was, uh... Felix, wow. my chinchilla, is just—he's not happy about this movie, or maybe he is happy. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, what, Felix, bro, do you love it or hate it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Fro, where did you get your uh, review th for this movie? Oh. Maybe you should tell the audience what it's all about and give them the Rotten Tomatoes uh, score. And I'm I guess we could do that. And... <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Strange. <laughs> Doctor Strange's life changes after a... I was trying to deal with my chinchilla there for a second. Doctor uh, Strange's <laughs> life changes as a, after a car accident robs him of the use of his hands. When traditional medicine fails him, he looks for healing and hope in a mysterious enclave. Ooh. It's got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Way up there. 8 out yeah, of 10 on IMDb. Received. Yeah, so this movie looks like it's uh, doing really well in the ratings, at least. I don't know how well it's doing in the box office, but I imagine it's doing pretty well. Uh, where did you get your review from? Where I got my review was from watching it in the cinema. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I am, I'm not as big as fan uh, of this than many of the people I've seen uh, on on my Facebook that that really liked it. I there's something about. Doctor Strange that kind of uh, annoys me, and there's parts of Doctor Strange that I thought was really good. I saw this in 3D. It's one of the best 3D movies I've seen in my entire life. The effects in 3D of this movie is tremendous. I loved, 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 loved the 3D effects. Uh, when that is said, 
I think the villain is also one of the strongest uh, in in many Marvel movies. I, I've read some parts that they didn't like the villain. I really like the villain. I love Cumberbatch. I just feel like there's something missing from this um, movie. I I, I can't like pinpoint out and say that I felt this was wrong or this was I, I needed more from this part or this was especially weak. But I, I just felt unsatisfied uh, of wh what I saw. So I gave this uh, 3.5 out of 6. Just after I, I've uh, seen it, I, I think maybe I will go up to a four, four out of six. Yeah. So right. not not a not a bad movie, but nothing to like. I, it's not a movie that I will like see again and again and again and again. Right. But it's not a bad movie. I I, I can't like say this was bad. I just felt like something was missing. All right. Uh, Tilly, what about your review? I found mine at RottenTomatoes.com. Um, I've got two, but they're both quite short. And I couldn't decide between them because they both made me laugh. But Ellen G gave it half a star and said, Whitewashed asshattery with Brinkle Doom Cupifatch in the lead, completely erasing any connection to Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> that Brinkle Doom Cooper fact just got me. <laughs> and here we go. Max M, give it two stars. I said, Doctor Strange is just a mishmash, mishmash of CGI with a plot that goes as deep as a micro penis can. They shut out this money maker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Although, to be fair, he has put Mirko penis, not micro, but I knew what he meant. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I went to the Facebook page again, and uh, I got it two kind of short ones. One from uh, Sagan Emanuel, and he says, Boring in parts, and overall, story could have been written by an eight-year-old. The only redemption was the absolutely stunning visuals, but the action was weak as Hong Kong noodles on a side street. Uh, <laughs> and then I got one from Camzy Olette Roy, and they say, Saw it yesterday. I may have discovered I have absolute." Uh, epilepsy while watching it which makes it ironic since he's a brain doctor i will know uh if i need to thank you guys on friday when i go see a neurologist <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's well, a little warning to anybody out there with uh, uh seizures uh maybe yeah. not go see this movie or at least not in the theater so well, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I'm going to bed. I, I have n almost not slept. I, I'm so tired that I almost, I can't think. I don't think it's smart for me to podcast. I'm going to let Tilly and Luke take this out. So, uh, thanks for letting me be on for 20 minutes. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to have, I mean... Yeah, we didn't 100% know if Fro was going to show up. That's why we started early, because uh, it seemed like Fro maybe wasn't awake. So it was good that you actually got a little bit on. But yeah, you sound tired, so sleep good and uh, get some rest, Fro. 
Bye. Yeah. Take right. care. So that was Doctor Strange. Uh, I'm probably going to see it. It looks pretty good. So uh, at least according to the reviews, it looks like it's going to be uh, a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah, and a good one for 3D too. Right. Uh, yeah, maybe go. Maybe I want to go see it in the theater instead of waiting for it to come out uh, and seeing it at home. But uh, I, I have such a hard time getting to the theater ever. So yeah. But but let's go right into our main topic. Uh, main topic this week: Polybius, uh, which is a is I would call it an urban legend. Uh, more than anything, but you could also call it kind of a conspiracy theory because there's a kind of conspiracy uh, theory involved into this. But Polybius was supposed to be a video game uh, created in 1981. It says here, uh, the story of Polybius describes players suffering amnesia, night terrors, and a tendency to stop playing all video games. Uh, I also heard that some of the people who claim to have played this game have come out as anti-video game activists. So, uh, mm. it's said that a month uh, after its release in 1981 uh, in Portland, Oregon, Polybius is said to have disappeared all of a sudden without a trace. And there's no evidence that this game ever existed, except for in uh, urban legend and uh, myth, I guess. So, Although there are there's pictures... That people have taken of the game machine. Right, but that is... Uh, those are just people who have made... Oh, are they? Yeah, made cabinets to look like that. Uh, uh... It just... Yeah. Nobody... There's no actual evidence that this existed anywhere. If you see pictures of that stuff, it's people who have made it, uh, you know, for their own home uh, or whatever, uh, maybe to take around places. But, it, yeah, it's, a, it's probably more of a joke than anything uh, yeah. in, like, a coin-op community. Um, I've talked to some people around here because i'm from oregon where this is based out of and uh the general consensus is that it never existed uh even from they would say that right (laughs) even for some of the people i've talked to who are like in the kind of coin-op uh arcade game community and things like that so that's kind of the consensus but the the real story behind this is much more interesting uh have you did you ever hear about this before uh doing the doing this uh, this week Tilly I'd heard about the game and I'd heard about um, the in the 50s especially like LSD being tested by the government and things in the US right. I didn't know well I didn't know as much as I do now bloody hell it's something that sort of sucked me in and I've uh, ended up learning about lots of random operations that went on like Operation Paperclip and stuff, and all their projects. Right, um, which was, this was, uh, this came out uh, allegedly in 1981, so it's kind of right during the end of the Cold War uh, when all this kind of stuff was happening, like you were talking about. Um, and that's kind of one of the conspiracy theories behind this whole thing, is that it was done by the government to test uh, video games on unsuspected kids, uh, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I've, um, I might be jumping the gun a bit, but I've got a memo from January 1952 that was to do with Project Artichoke. Okay. Um, it said, can we get control of an individual to a point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation? 
that's sort of some of the kind of things they were attempting trying to, do, to find right? out if they could do basically you know can we manipulate the human brain in right. this mind, way can mind we do control it in that way? and things like that right uh, yeah. one of the more i guess known uh, projects uh, like the one you were talking about uh, project artichoke uh, or project bluebird is mk, MK ultra uh, which a lot of people know about. If you, if anybody's seen the movie uh, "Men Who Stare at Goats," that is about MK Ultra, uh, and oh. it was based off of a book by a guy who claims to have been uh, somebody who was uh, tested on by the CIA in MK Ultra. But I guess we're kind of going ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. Uh, the story of this again in 1981, Portland, Oregon. Uh, the game was described uh, as being addictive. And they describe the game as uh, lines forming around uh, what? What did they say? Uh, lines, uh, lines, and puzzle game that uh, that involved uh, geometric shapes and things like that. Uh, that's what it was described at as in 1998. I guess is the first time anybody like kind of talked about it uh, online. It was from a site called Coinop.org. Uh, and they had claimed that they had seen this uh, and that uh, the, at least this post claimed that they had a ROM copy of the game, which never actually came out, uh, or at least nobody's seen it. Uh, and it also claimed that this uh, game was called Polybius and that it was made by, uh, I can you say this German word? Slins- um, oh, I didn't write it down. Oh yeah, I've got it right here. It's Sin Sloshin. Sin Sloshin, maybe. I'm not great with German. Sin Sloshin. Right there, you go. Uh, there which, you go. according to them, if you do the translation uh, from German, it's a bit of a, a wonky translation, but it, it will come out to sense delete, uh, yeah. or sense removed, uh, which is kind of weird if you think about what we were just talking about with MK Ultra and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's um, rather than sense removed, it's more or sounds more like it's um, well, almost memory wiped like that. The sense of that what just happened is no longer there anymore. Right. And an interesting thing about this is uh, it's a it's a German name for what's supposed to be a German company. But this German company doesn't exist or never existed. And uh what, what you were saying about Project Paperclip, Pro, uh, Project Paperclip in the 50s, or I guess this was in the 80s, was a, it was a project to bring Nazi scientists into America and use them to advance our rocket rocketry uh, against the Russians during the Cold War. Um, yeah, there was scientists, engineers, researchers, um, 1,500 of them they shipped over. Right. So they which, they could be doing anything, really. Yeah, which had a lot to do with us reaching the moon first also, Project Paperclip, which is interesting, but we did bring uh we did bring Nazis into our government and have them uh, do things. So that uh, it's very strange that this would also be a German word in this. Again, this is probably all made up and it's but it's just a very interesting story and very interesting uh urban myth. So um, Yeah. But it's a lot better uh, than some of the urban legends you get. Right. The whole thing of this is that uh, people believed that uh, this game, when it 
when came out in Oregon, it was addictive to the point that lines were forming around the arcade that it was in, apparently. And uh, there were people who were getting in fights over playing it. And that it gave people, like I said, uh, side effects like amnesia, insomnia, stress, hallucinations, uh, night terrors, and things like that. Um, those are kind of the things that people say were caused by it. Um, Which are the symptoms of PTSD. Right, exactly. Well. Or or uh, a bad acid trip is what, yeah. uh, what uh, one of the little documentaries I, I saw, they kind of compared it to. Uh, which well, that's why acid's so bad because it can fully traumatize you. Right, which that is one of the things they used in the MK Ultra experiments uh, for mind control is they were testing acid on people. Which you can look it up. There are videos on YouTube of MK Ultra test experiments uh, and people uh, in those situations. So that it's interesting. Uh, I guess the last part of the kind of urban myth is right before. Uh, these games disappeared out of the arcades uh, people had said that they saw men in black like the classic men in black that uh, you hear about with aliens coming into these uh, arcade uh, arcades and uh, taking messing with the machines yeah, yeah but not taking any the of the money and stuff yeah they they were getting the date the data from the machines uh, apparently like what the scores were and uh, who whatever kind of data was coming out of these arcade machines at the time, but they didn't take, they didn't seem to take any of the money. They just wanted the da- the data from the machines. So uh, that that's kind of the in- last interesting part, but that, that it all comes back around um, to the name of this. Uh, Polybius is a Greek historian uh, from the Hellenistic period. Uh, oh, I loved that word. I didn't, I knew, obviously I knew of Helen, but I didn't realize about the Hellenistic sort of oh, era. Oh, okay. That's yeah, so was... cool. I want to go back then. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but... Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know how many rights you would have as a woman and everything, but this would have been uh, 200 to 118 BC. Uh, it, this is when he would have been alive. Um, and he was actually... Uh, basically, one of the framers of the U.S. Constitution... Uh, because he created the idea of separation of powers in government, which we ca- we talked about earlier with the House and the Senate and all that. Uh, so he his his um, thoughts on government and his ideas on how government should work are were instituted into how the United States works today. Uh, and yeah, that, with this separation that, of powers I, thing, right? Uh, that whole thing, uh, or that name is where they get the name for this video game uh which is kind of an interesting again it goes back connects back to the government so i think that's kind of interesting how that works and one Uh, of his um, most famous quotes that i wrote i thought was appropriate one of the things he's sort of very famous for this polybi i can't even say it now polybius guy said historians should never report what they cannot verify through interviews with witnesses and that's his sort of Goes back to the sense delete uh, yeah. thing and the yeah the whole mind control thing and everything else. Uh, uh, again, it, again, we'll go back to like this. Definite uh, the consensus is this game never existed at all, and that all this is just a big urban myth. But it is very um, complex and intricate for being uh, an urban myth. It's not just kind of like uh, 
uh, Jack, uh, what, what's the guy, uh, the, uh, spring, uh, spring heel Jack or whatever his name is. You know what I mean? That kind of, uh, if you know yeah. what I'm talking about, uh, no, that it's, kind it's of... more of a, there's lots of people saying the same thing. Right. And it's very intricate. Like it would take yeah, a long time much. to come up with this, uh, conspiracy theory. Uh, if you were just somebody who was playing a joke. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to be a genius to work all of this out and put all of this together and piece it all together right first right. time sort of thing the, the, uh, but it, it, it also kind of if you look at it maybe somebody uh, this originated from that uh, site that I said coinop.org and maybe you know it started as this kind of small thing and it kind of built and built and built but uh, yeah it, it, that's where it kind of all built from I guess is that one uh, website in 1998 uh, but people the funny part is I seem to remember people talking about it back then but I don't I can't like it was it before 1998 that I heard it was after I don't I can't really 100% pinpoint that but I remember when I was a kid hearing about it um 1998 I would have been 15 so it might it must it probably was after that uh but yeah I remember playing uh a game that was uh for uh virtual boy I don't know if you remember that. It was one of the worst <laughs> video game systems ever created. It was a Game Boy VR system that was created in, like, 95 or something. Oh, God. And there was a game on it called Red Alarm, which is uh, it was a fighting, uh, a jet fighter simulator. Um, right. And this, uh, this kind of goes back to a video game called Battlezone, which was a tank tank simulator created in 1980 by Atari um, right after Atari created this tank simulator in 1980 which this would be would have been one year before supposedly Polybius would have come out uh, the US Army did a deal with um, Atari to create a, a more advanced version of Battlezone called Army Battlezone or Military Battlezone designed specifically for the U.S. Army to train gunners, uh, and they called it the Bradley uh, Training Bradley training uh, Vehicle Training Simulator. Um, so this is all, another strange connection that isn't necessarily in the original myth, but if you look at it, Atari... Uh, did, the link's there. Yeah, the link's there. The Atari... Uh, connected and started dealing uh, doing deals with the US Army just one year before not even one year it's months before because December 1980 is when they approached Atari um, yeah. and then a Polybius was supposed to have appeared in 1981 um, sometime uh, a, sometime around 1981 so it could have been a year or something uh, uh, probably less which is interesting because also, if you look into the myth, the person who supposedly the theory that created Polybius is also the person they say created Battlezone. So that that uh, a guy named Ed Rotberg is the person they say created Polybius. So that's very strange connection there. Uh, yeah, and the military still use. Um... Even nowadays, they still use games 
things for training purposes and stuff, even down to um, a lot of the uh, gunman guys, their controls. Um, they have to choose between PlayStation or Xbox controller for their Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially now that we have drones and everything like that's probably Mm -hmm. even more prevalent now than it used to be. But yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It was something I was watching something about Prince Harry when he was in the RAF and he was saying about because they sit there and they're playing on consoles constantly. But it's clusters still training because they're using the muscles that they use on the pad, which is the same pad that they use when they're doing military stuff. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So they're still interlinked now. Uh, yeah, um, uh, at least I'm sure there are other, the, the army, uh, well, maybe your army and our army have probably gotten into different uh, computer, uh, different computer styles and stuff. I'm sure they're going more into VR and things like that. But uh, like I said, oh, Red yeah. Alarm was like an early VR. Semi- it was terrible. It was awful, but it, it, it it was kind of one of the first VR type things, I guess, um, which I think that's what Battlezone was originally. Uh, it was an arcade, but originally it was uh, it was supposed to be set up with some type of headset, which is interesting. And then I guess we get back since now we talked about how kind of the government, uh, the c- connections to the government and how we talked about this whole uh, MK Ultra and all this. So the belief is in the urban legend that they were using the, some, they made some kind of crazy video game that messed with people's minds, right? Yeah. That's kind of like uh, the urban legend. But if you look yeah. at it, maybe it wasn't the video game that was messing with people's minds if, if, this, if this was true. Maybe it was something else. Well, yeah, it could be. It could be anything. It could be that they, you know, because the amount of forms that LSD can come in, and as they were, they've done lots of tests with LSD and things. You pump anything into a place with an arcade, people's brains are gonna start going funny. Yeah, I I think what we're saying is like maybe this uh, arcade cabinet. It was just kind of a normal game, uh, like Battlezone or something like that. But maybe I don't know the handle had some type of excretion device that maybe put each time somebody played, put out a little bit of LSD onto their hand. Cause you could just, you know what sense. I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so that would give you the amnesia, the night terrors and uh, people having those crazy feelings about, uh, of the video game, the, in, uh, the insomnia, the stress. If you didn't know you were being dosed with LSD and you were a kid at an arcade, uh, you, yeah, you would, that would be the perception in your mind that that's that this video game caused you to have all these things. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if you I see look at you it mean. at the MK Ultra things at the time, how they they were, uh, it's admitted that they were testing on just random people. So. Yeah, uh, I've got a, quite a big quote from what the Supreme Court said about MK Ultra. Okay. If you if you want it. Yeah, go ahead. It said that it was concerned with the research and development of chemicals of chemical biological and radiological materials capable of employment in the clandestine operations to control human behavior 
The programme consisted of some 149 sub-projects, which the agency contracted out to various universities, research foundations and similar institutes. At least 80 institutions and 185 private researchers participated. Because the agency funded MKUltra indirectly, many participating individuals were unaware that they were dealing with the agency. That sort of right. shows it the amount a, of secrecy that goes on. Right, secret underground uh, black ops project we're talking about here, right? Yeah, and um, private researchers. That I instantly thought of that guy that got found the other year that was an old LSD researcher that was just locked in a secret room for, what, what 20 odd years? I, they found I, him and he was just off his story. box. Oh, really? really? Yeah, no, no it's to... quite recently, last couple of years. And they just found okay. him in his. He's obviously a bit of a babbling wreck because he's been on his own with this massive drum of LSD for the past, like, <laughs> since the 70s. <laughs> I will yeah, have I'll to have to find the link. Hopefully yeah. yeah, hopefully there's some interviews with the guy or something. But I know he got straight taken straight into um, mental care. Right. Because obviously, yeah. you know, not lived a normal life for that long and that much LSD. Really, Just being by yourself for that blue. long would drive you crazy, let alone having a drum of LSD with you. Um, exactly. <laughs> but that's kind of the conspiracy th- side of it, or the urban urban uh, legend and myth of it. Uh, what people say is kind of probably uh, the re- at least the reasoning people give as to why they believe it's not true. Most people think that this was just a uh, maybe a wonky version of the uh, video game Tempest which is in the past was known to cause uh, epileptic seizures, motion, motion, motion sickness, and vertigo in people who were sensitive to those kind of things um, at the time. And th- people believe that maybe the, the, this, everybody just remembers it as something else, but maybe it was just a, you know, maybe a Tempest arcade game that didn't have the, the labels on it or something, and people just, it became kind of an herbal legend out of that. And then the whole men in black thing, a lot of people believe that uh, at the time there was a FBI sting in the Portland, Oregon area, which was uh, being conducted because people were using video games for illegal gambling. And so they believe that the men in black that people uh, supposedly saw were just FBI agents uh, checking out, uh, making sure that these arcades weren't uh, doing illegal any kind of illegal gambling, so that's kind of the the official uh, response. Yeah, the what people uh, say, but nobody has really any evidence one way or another. It's just really cool urban legend. Uh, one very cool thing, if you saw, uh, if you look up Polybius, maybe on Google search, one of the first things you're going to see is a pic- picture from uh, The Simpsons. Did you see that? Tilly? No. Okay. Although well, I didn't, I, it just came up straight away with the the Wikipedia thing. Okay. Yeah. If you go to Google, go to the image search in Google, and you'll see a picture of uh, the Simpsons, and uh, it uh, has Polybius. It, it it's got Bart in an arcade, and Polybius is uh, next to him, uh, and he's playing an, another video game. And if you look at it at the bottom of the the arcade cabinet, it says property of the U.S. government. So the Simpsons <laughs> kind of making fun of that. Um, and if anybody didn't know, uh, Springfield, which is uh, the town in um, the Simpsons, is based off of Springfield, Oregon. Uh, oh, really? 
uh, Gronin named it after uh, Matt Gronin named it after Springfield, Oregon, because uh, he grew up in Portland, Oregon, <gasps> is his hometown. Another connection right oh. there. So all in all, I've very interesting. Go I ahead. found the picture right. of Bart with Polybius. Right. And that is absolutely brilliant. Just one button on it. Yeah, that that was the thing uh, they said. There was just one button and one joystick was the, how the controls were supposedly supposed to have worked. See, um, that's my kind of game. <laughs> well, run that and was, jump, it was run the and 80s. Jump. There was a lot more games like that in the 80s. Uh, yeah, that's more buttons. my era. Yeah. Give me a SNES. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Polybius. Uh, all in all, interesting kind of uh, little urban legend and fun to check out. Uh once you like you get on the surface of it and you look at it and go, oh, this is kind of a cool little story. And then you start digging deeper and deeper and you can just keep digging. It seems like uh, it yeah. felt like I could just keep digging into uh, these things like Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke and uh, MK Ultra and the partnership between Atari and uh, the U.S. Uh, Army and all those things like it's you can start digging into it and it starts getting a stranger and stranger. So that's kind of cool. And some of the YouTube videos as well that sort of explain it. They're only between five and ten minutes long. And they're very much worth a watch. Right. And uh, I believe there's a a few podcasts that have covered it too that you can check out. Maybe just look up uh, Polybius and podcast and see if you can find some of those. Uh, Yeah. But that's Polybius. Let's move on real quick. Um. Usually, right now, we would be doing the movie, but we already did that. So, uh, Westworld. Yeah, we're going right into Westworld, aren't we? Oh my gosh, talking straight on into Westworld. (laughs) I didn't, I only usually I watch Westworld twice. Uh, this week I only got to watch it once, uh, because of the election and everything that happened, uh, the, the days after, uh, Westworld was on, but I didn't take notes, so we got that covered. This is episode six. It's called The Adversary. Um, let's look up how many people watch this real quick, because I did not get that yet. Uh, 1.64 million people watched this episode. So I was doing a little bit of research, and it does not looking good for a second season of this show because of the rating. Um, this was a really good episode, though. Right, yeah. It just, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the timing with everybody paying more attention to, like, the election and it being Yeah, when real life is a bit scary, you don't really want something that challenging. Right, and I think this show, it's really good, but there are a lot of people, because of the violence and because of the nudity, you're cutting out a big segment of audience right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, That even if they saw one episode... After one episode, if they don't like violence, that amount of violence and nudity, they're going to never watch it again. So, uh, yeah, I was just reading a couple articles and a lot of people in those articles were saying uh, that they weren't sure that it was going to get renewed. Um, What is this? Uh, I'm seeing something on Reddit that maybe says that it might get renewed. Oh, they're just saying they're sure it will. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know what we're saying. But we're still waiting for a renewal as far as I, I can see. But 
I read a thing with uh, the HBO, you know, the head of HBO, I believe, the president, and he was saying that they're, they're really just waiting because the the ratings are not doing as great as they thought they would. So, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get a renewal, but it's not looking great. So, uh, we get our intro, uh, and we got no previously on again. Why? Why were there like two or three episodes randomly where we got previously on, and then they just decided to stop doing that? I, I think they expect us to know now and to be watching. It just feels really awkward that, okay, the first episode, obviously, we're not going to get a previously on. Second episode, there was no previously on again, which uh, it was still a bit of introduction happening, all right. But then the next two episodes, I believe, had it previously on. And then after that, we got no more previously on. So it's, it, they just kind of maybe threw it, threw it to the wayside. But um, yeah, so, yeah, Did they introduce anybody in the last couple of episodes? Well, we had the one introduction of the person in this episode, uh, which yeah, yeah. But other than that, no. Well, we'll see if they put if they do it previously on next week, then it's because they've introduced a new person, so they do it previously on. Right. It's just strange because if you're going to do it, you uh, usually you just you normally do it, do the it. Whole season, <laughs> yeah, and not yeah. just kind of randomly when you feel like it. But that's what they're doing. So, uh, but yeah, we open up in Westworld, and Maeve wakes up and she goes to work, and. She takes a customer, I put in quotes, uh, upstairs, might call him Johns, and she, she's, uh, she, she gets him really mad while they're having sex, and he get, she gets him to choke her to death, which was very strange. Yeah, it was odd. But she wakes up now, again, uh, after dying in the body shop, uh, so we kind of get why she was doing this, she just wanted to get back to the body shop, so she wanted to die. Because uh, she knew what would happen, she, where she would end up. So Maeve wakes she, up it, uh, with the lab tech that we've seen before, Felix, uh, not the chinchilla, the lab tech. <laughs> <laughs> and she just wakes up and looks at Felix and goes, "Now where were we?" And we go, <laughs> we cut away. So we're now in B- Bernard's office. Elsie and Bernard are discussing the transmitter that they found in the stray. And Bernard thinks there's a way to access the info that was lost when they when he smashed his head in uh because of a old database that bernard knows about that still is used to run some of the older hosts that's what it seemed like to me right because yeah we go into the place he goes in a second where bernard goes downstairs to level 82 it was what it says and if we remember was it for episode one where they go down to what at level 85 is where they went to the uh, cold storage and everything? Oh, yeah. So this is kind of right above cold storage, it seems like. And this area, just like the cold storage area, is very uh, disheveled. It looks like nobody's been in there forever, but it's kind of an office, office building looking area. And Bernard goes in uh, to this area and he finds like a computer in like a back room and it's this looks like a computer from now as opposed to all the computers they have uh in the rest of the show where they have these like futuristic tablets this looks like a computer from you know from you would see now or maybe even earlier because it uh yeah uh and he boots this computer up and finds it uh, it tells him the exact point 
uh, the exact time when the stray reached the top of the mountain. Uh, trying to obviously he's trying to figure out at what when uh, the stray was trying to send out the information. I think is what he's trying to figure out. So the computer uh, shows him this, and then it says that there are five other anomalies in the park. Uh, and he's totally confused by this, and because it's five hosts that aren't in the new new system, but they are in this old system. And the old system can recognize them, but for some reason the new system doesn't even know they're there. <laughs> so next we go to what I call Southwest World, or is, that's what we call it, <laughs> Southwest World. And uh, everything's kind of happening how it normally does there, and all of a sudden the whole town uh, freezes, like we've seen before. And Ford walks in with this like crew of guys that look like they're going to be in the... Looks like they're going to make microchips in a clean room, kind of, because they're all in the white <laughs> suits and everything. But uh, we find out he's building a canyon. That's what he's been using that giant digging machine for, is to build a canyon for whatever reason. We don't know yet. <laughs> Everybody any, needs a canyon. Yeah, any theories on why he's building a canyon? Uh, mm, separation between two things so he can start a war? Some, yeah, it definitely seems... Yeah, uh, but... For some reason, he decides, uh, the guy asks him, should we go take the canyon right through this town and basically destroy Southwest World? Uh, and he, Ford says, no, let's leave. Let's have the canyon go right up to the edge of this town and then stop. Uh, so that's what he tells the guys to do. They take off, obviously, to go do that. And Ford restarts uh, everybody. And right here, he sees a carving of the maze on a table. Uh, that's in the middle of, of this town. Which we know from before, the little girl, she she was from this town, and she's had all the information about the maze. So. It's a maze town. Right. Which we didn't see the little girl in this scene, but uh, we did see the maze. So we go to Ford's office, and uh, Ford has a model that is obviously of his new storyline, it seems like. But it's kind of like a model you would see if like somebody was going to be constructing a new building, if that makes sense. Yeah. But one of the little buildings is the church that we've seen in Delor- Dolores' flashes. That was definitely very obvious. Uh, and Ford looks through this sketchbook. How, did we see this sketchbook in past episodes? I feel like we did. If we did, I can't remember, but my screen is cracked on my iPad. Right. I think there was one episode where, uh, it was the episode where Bernard asked, the very first time he asked Ford about Arnold, I think we saw this sketchbook, but, and I think it, I think it's Arnold's book, but I would have to go back and actually rewatch that, but that's, in my memory, that's what I remember. I could be totally wrong. But he looks through this sketchbook and we see, uh, you know, sketches of Dolores and and then after all these sketches of Dolores, he's turning the pages and he finds a picture of the maze uh, which uh, you know, we saw on the table and we've seen all over the place. <clears throat> so we go to the man with the man in black and Teddy still together and now they're in the same graveyard that we started out last episode. Uh, right, you know, uh, on the hill above Pariah. 
And Teddy tells a story about the maze, uh, why about what he knows about the maze to the man in black. And he basically says there was a man who was didn't didn't like fighting, and he built a house. And around the house, he built an impossible maze, and uh, so and that he is the Goblin he, King, right? And to, so that only he could get in there. That's exactly what I was thinking too. I was, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that's where they kind of took some of this, but who knows? Uh, maybe it's the other way around, though, right? 74 is when this was made originally, the movie. When was... Uh, 86. When was Labyrinth... Yeah, maybe Labyrinth took from this, actually, to be honest. Maybe. But, uh, uh, so the man in black wants to get across the border so they can go find Wyatt, but these travelers are uh, coming up the hill out of pariah with uh you know a wagon with dead bodies in it and they say uh, there's problems there's trouble in pariah so teddy says uh he knows another way around so they don't have to go through pariah and deal with all the uh the dangerous parts of it and he said so they kind of go off trail to go to this other way that teddy knows about to get across the border so we go back to the body shop and now Felix and Maeve are just having like a conversation and Felix tells her uh, that she doesn't control all of her accents. He, he's trying to explain to her she's not human and she's it's very much confusing to her. Yeah, well, it would be like imagine if you all of a sudden found out that you were essentially a robot. Right, that none of uh, none of what you've done your entire life uh, has been your on your accord. Like it's all been somebody else's doing. It would be very strange. Yeah, uh, it'd be like waking up out of the Matrix, basically, uh, in that movie. Essentially, yeah, nothing would ever be the same again, ever. And Maeve basically says, "How do you know uh, to uh, him being human or not?" And Felix says, "I was born. You were made." which was very interesting because she, at that point she's kind of a little bit understands it seems like. And so Felix pairs the tablet with her that he has to show her how she works, basically showing how the computer creates the syntax of her words. Uh, so as she's talking uh, right before she says the word, it pops up on the, on the tablet showing that this is creating her speech patterns. And seeing her own speech pattern basically causes her to totally malfunction uh, here. I, I'm not sure what to describe this as, but she it's like she gets stuck in her own head, her own head loop, because she's looking at the words happening and she's trying to say other words, but she can't because that's what creates her words. And then and but then because she wants to say it, it pops back up again. And it, right. It and would, totally would be like having a severe stammer. Right, totally. Because uh, 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 everything you think comes up first, and you're not going to say what you're not. You're trying not to say what it says you're going to say. Ugh. Yeah, it, it it basically creates a malfunction in her because of this uh this loop that's being caused by her talking. So we go. Uh, so she shuts down, and Felix is like, "Oh crap, I broke her." <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so we go to Teresa's office. And Bernard comes in and Teresa tells him that Ford knows about them and that, 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 that they're sleeping together. And she says they can't be together anymore because it, it's going to risk both of their jobs. And 
she thinks that Ford is the problem with the park and she's got to deal with that. And Bernard, Bernard tries to tell her what that the, there's another problem and that Ford is not the whole problem here. But she kind of blows him off and tells him to leave because she just broke up with him. So she doesn't want to sit here and have a big conversation with the guy. Yeah. Uh, but That's as, a very awkward situation. Right. As he walks away, you can tell she's upset, but she's trying to act very tough about it because she's the boss. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Even if it makes you yeah, But it also seems like maybe she's just, she wants to get rid of Ford maybe so they can get back together. You know what I mean? Kind oh, of. maybe. Yeah. I hadn't thought of uh, it from that perspective. A little bit, maybe that, because uh, it definitely seems like at this point she's against Ford. She's kind of been digging in and digging in, and now she's gotten to the point where she's like, we got to get rid of Ford. Uh, yeah. So we go back to the body shop, and Felix manages to get Maeve back online, and she just starts talking again, and she uh, she wants to see where these are people are that are do, like creating creating all the hosts. So she says she wants to see upstairs. And she somehow convinces Felix just by sexual manipulation basically which i don't know how he would be so manipulated through this but this was a very cool scene felix takes her upstairs which nobody seems to say anything to him about it but they're walking around and we get to see a lot more of how um the hosts are made which we've kind of seen a lot in the past but we kind of get an extended tour of the lab here i guess yeah you see see a bit extra of a slower walkthrough right uh, and we get to see, uh, we, we get up to kind of the top level of where they are, and Felix wants them to go back down in the elevator, and Maeve turns around and sees the promo video for Westworld, which we saw in episode two. It's got the lady who was with William uh, in introducing him into Westworld, if you remember that. Yeah. The lady from uh, whatever, the locker room or the wardrobe room, I guess. Um, and, but this promo video we see has... Mave in it and it's got her dreams that we've seen in the past of her and her uh kid except this doesn't have the man in black murdering them all so uh it's, yeah it's a nice one <laughs> right but it, it's she's seeing her own dreams on uh in this video so she's kind of like what the hell so they go back to the body shop and felix explains that this wasn't a dream at all and that it was a previous build that she used to be part of and that that they changed her over to being this uh the head of this brothel and Maeve doesn't believe him about this, even though she, she basically has seen it, but it's kind of in her programming not to believe any of this stuff. So yeah, in, in her brain or in her, however she's functioning, she believes that for the past 10 years, she's been head, head of that brothel and that she's right. worked her way up to that. It'd be, now, you wouldn't yeah. be able to get your brain around it. You'd have to be a synthetic human with, extra capabilities to be able to right uh, to get your head or i mean you'd have to have some kind of external proof and like it's hard to it, it, even in this she can't trust the external proof because yeah uh, it's very strange because that's the person who's doing this whole thing to her yeah uh, it is very matrix matrix esque and i did at the time uh, in the scene is when i first was like thinking to myself what you said before is like how would I feel if this got revealed to me in my life right now? I would be like, holy crap, that's yeah, not... Yeah, what? <laughs> like, exactly. 
I, I don't know if any, like, I don't know if you could convince anybody even in the real world that that was true, uh, even if it was. So it makes sense that he can't convince her. So, yeah. Uh, so as they're talking, the other lab tech, the mean one that we've seen in the past, uh, Felix's partner, I guess he walks in on them talking and he says he's going to squeal on Felix, uh, and try to get him in trouble. Uh, and he's trying to walk out, but Maeve pulls the, uh, the scalpel again on him, holds it to his neck to stop him from leaving. She is cool. Well, yeah, she doesn't want to get caught either, because if he gets caught, then she probably will get decommissioned, but who knows. Mm -hmm. Proper death. Right. So we go to the map room, and Teresa, uh, she gets this weird, mysterious call that we don't know who it is, and we don't know what it's about, but she agrees. uh, It sounds like maybe a Japanese guy. It sounds like uh, somebody, definitely in another language. Uh, it sounds maybe Japanese or Chinese or something like that, but we don't hear like what he's talking about. We all we hear is that she says, "Okay, I'll take care of it," and she seems like kind of upset about it, so that she has to take care of whatever this is. It. It right. <laughs> so we go to the, we go up to the roof of this lab, and on on the roof of this lab, which we've seen a little bit before of like the walk the walking bridge, but in the middle of it, there's kind of like a resort bar area with a pool and Lee is there and he's drinking and uh, hanging out in next to the pool and Teresa walks up and it, as we're meeting uh, as she's walking up we hear like an explosion in the background if you notice that which was obviously from Ford uh, which they don't really climbing. mention it yeah they don't really mention it you just hear it in the background so that's kind of cool uh, and Teresa says Ford, what, whatever Ford is building is ruining all these storylines, which Lee is the guy who writes all the storylines. And Lee is super upset about this, too, because he's basically put his life's work into these stories, and Ford is just kind of destroying them left and right. And she wants Lee to stop fixing the problems that are happening with uh, these stories that uh, Ford is messing up. Which kind of, it seems like she wants it all to go shit so that she can go to the board and see, look, how messed up everything is because of Ford. Yeah. So she's trying to. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, just to look what he did. Um, I didn't do that. He did it. Oh, look how bad he is. Kind of thing. Yeah. Even though she's the one kind of manipulating the situation to try to get Lee to ruin it uh, on purpose. So. Yeah, Teresa, she's kind of a weird mixed character for me because I don't like her, but at the same time, I kind of feel sorry for her in ways. So very, very interesting character at the very least. So we go to the man in black with Teddy and the the route that Teddy said they had to uh, get across the border is blocked by a whole bunch of Union soldiers. Uh, So they're trying to figure out how they're going to get past this uh, camp of soldiers to get to this tunnel. And the man in black uh, and Teddy see these two soldiers like walking away from camp or or riding horses away from camp. And uh, it seems like maybe they knock them out or they kill them or something. They take their clothes to try to sneak through this, sneak through the camp disguised. But uh, as they're walking through, we find out that Wyatt has, 
looks like pretty recently attacked this camp. Did it seem like that? Yeah. Because everybody's still bloody so. and they they still have like ban- they're still getting bandaged up and everything. And uh, one of the soldiers recognizes Teddy, and we find out that this was the uh, this is these are the guys that Teddy used to be uh, with when he was a soldier. Uh, and they know that he w- used to be with Wyatt. So this soldier pulls a gun on Teddy to try to stop him. Uh, so that whole disguising themselves thing didn't work at all like whatsoever yeah and they needed to change his face not his clothes right so the man and te- uh, man in black and teddy they try to shoot their way out uh, of this situation but they get captured by these you know, it's a giant battalion of union soldiers it's, they weren't going to shoot their way out with a six shooter you know what i mean they needed more no. than that. <laughs> you need a tank so go- maybe we go back up to the lab roof with Lee and Lee is now even drunker than he was before because he's like really upset uh, about this whole Ford thing. And we meet Charlotte who is played by Tessa Thompson. Uh, she was in Creed, the movie. She was heroes. She was, uh, she played uh, in the first couple episodes or first couple seasons of heroes. I believe she actually, if you did, you watch Heroes, Tilly? I did. I watched like the you, first three series, I think. Yeah, that, I think that was it. I think that. Uh, well, there was the most recent one, but yeah, the. I think she was in the first two. She was the girl, who could mimic anything she saw. She, there was the episode where she saw Rey Mysterio do the six one nine, and she yeah. ended up doing it and stopping the bank ro- or the, the guy from robbing the convenience store in that episode. She was also in Selma, so she's a pretty uh, active actress and she's been around. Uh, but Lee is kind of hitting on her, uh, cause, uh, she's, uh, in her bikini next to the pool and Lee is kind of trying to charm, get her charm on. And, uh, at this point we find out that Lee never wants to go into the park. Like he doesn't like it in there. He says he, he writes the storylines. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't, uh, take part in them, I guess. Yeah. He's more of a, he creates them rather than. It's like somebody making a roller coaster, but not actually wanting to go on it. Right, being too afraid to ride it, yeah. yeah. It seems like he's a bit afraid of going into Westworld. Um, maybe because he knows of what, of it, the bad things that could actually happen if shit went wrong. Um, yeah. But he's kind of telling her about Ford and all of his problems with it. You know, he's doing his drunken rant to a random person at the bar right now about all of the pro- problems in his life. Always and plenty to this, do when you're at work. Right. And at this point, uh, the bartender cuts him off. Uh, and we find out that Teresa told the bartender to cut him off. Uh, and Charlotte leaves at this point saying, like, oh, it looks like you have more more pressing issues on your on your plate. And when the bartender's back is turned uh, for a second, Lee grabs, like, a full bottle of booze and takes off of it. <laughs> So we go back into the lab uh, with Elsie and Bernard, and they're, uh, they've got a plan now on how they're going to track who is stealing the info from the park. And Elsie is pretty sure that if they can get this all figured out, that uh, the board is going to give them a raise and that they're going to look super kindly on them for uh, getting this problem fixed. But they want to do it without Teresa because they know if Teresa finds out about this, she's going to take all the credit for herself, it seems like. 
at least that's what Elsie seems like. She, that's why she's doing it. Yeah, yeah, she she knows what Teresa's like. Right, and Bernard doesn't seem so sure about it, but I think it's more Bernard's still worried that if this all comes out, he might get caught for the whole Dolores thing, which we haven't gotten any more of in this episode. But uh, Bernard goes. Bernard from here, he goes to the map room uh, to find out. He's trying. He's asked uh, somebody to do some research on the sector where he saw the five extra hosts that we saw um, in the old computer on level fifty-five or level 50, uh, eighty-five. I mean, and we find out that. Uh, in the new system, they've looked over this sector, but they don't see anything. Even the other people doing research can't find anything. So Bernard leaves and Bernard goes into one of these, you know, the elevators that go up into Westworld through the ground, the underground elevator system, I guess we'll call it. And he goes up and obviously into this sector that we were just talking about. And he finds like a cabin in the middle of the woods. Uh, And we see a man outside like collecting firewood and he takes it in into the house. And Bernard's kind of like, what? For a second, I was like, are there just people that, like, real people that set up their house and they don't know that they're, like, in wet, you know what I mean? It's just I wondered people, this. Like, some yeah. people that are just like, well, no, I'm staying on holiday, so we started building this place, and now we're just here. Right, I thought for, like for a second, but then I realized that the old computer had said that they, it recognized them as hosts. So yeah. I, then I realized, okay, these are hosts. Uh so Bernard goes into the house. He just walks in, uh, d- uh, doesn't knock or anything. And little Ford is there with, I guess, his family. Uh, got a mother, a father, and another little kid, and then little Ford, who we've seen a lot of in the past. And Bernard uh, says, uh, he, he, go- he basically says, asks if, if uh, little Ford is Arnold. And the dad says, there's no Arnold here. Who the hell are you? And how'd you get in my house? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> As you would. Right. And the dad. Who are you coming in my house asking for Arnold? Get out. Right. And da- the dad uh, runs at Bernard and attacks him, throws him up against the wall. And Bernard is trying to stop him by doing like voice commands like you normally would do with hosts. And it's not working. This It's not stopping this thing. And Ford all of a sudden appears like in the corner of the room. I don't know where he was before this, but he appears there and saves Bernard by giving voice commands. So these hosts apparently only respond to Ford, not anybody else. Yeah. And and we find out that these, that these robots, uh, are real robots. They're mechanical robots as opposed to synthetic tissue, like all the other hosts. And Ford says that these, uh, uh, he shows us this and he says uh, to the little Ford, he calls him Robert. He says, Robert, uh, he says, gives him a command, but calls him Robert. And if you look it up, Ford's first name is Robert. So at this point, we know little Ford is little, little Robert Ford because we, it's been given away here in this scene. So it's definitely not Arnold, which is kind of something we discussed in the last uh, last episode. Was yeah. is, is this Arnold? We not really sure, but we find out that this is he, this is his whole family, and that Arnold created this whole fam Ford's family, including his brother, uh, the dog, 
which we heard about in the last beginning of the last episode with Custer about the uh, Greyhound and uh, his brother and his parents and that Ford built them as a gift or uh, Arnold built them as a gift gift to Ford. And Ford says it's the only uh, it's the only ones that Arnold ever built. And that's why he saved them. And then I wrote, what about Dolores? Like, yeah, in the last episode, Ford said that Dolores was created by Arnold. He told that to the man in black, if, uh, I believe, uh, is when it happened. But it, whatever, it happened mm-hmm. in the last episode. Uh, and Bernard seems super troubled by this. He even says to uh, Ford, uh, you know, why are you hiding this from me? Like, what's really going on here? You can tell Bernard is con- he's more concerned about Ford than he's ever been now that he finds out that Ford's been hiding this for however long. Because Ford yeah, has it's been, been a long time since um, Arnold died or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like 30, 34 years, I believe, is what they said in the last episode. It's something around there, around 30 years. So he's been maintaining these robots here and hiding them for that long. Uh you know, I guess out of nostalgia, but also out of just remembrance a little bit, Ford has been doing this. So we go back to the map room, uh, and Lee is all of a sudden standing on the uh, the balcony above the map, and he starts just taking a piss right on the map. Because he's at, he took the bottle, he probably drank most of it, and now he is just super duper wasted. And... He's basically telling Teresa like he's pissing on the map because uh, everybody's been pissing on his storylines. And here we find out that Charlotte uh, shows up and we find out that she is the head of the board that we've heard so much about. Yeah, the hot girl at the pool is the head of the board. Right, and Leah's made a complete fool out of himself, not only now pissing in the middle of the <laughs> office, but uh, earlier when he was trying to hit on her all drunk. So, uh, uh-huh. but it still seems like Lee is kind of going, oh, crap, I'm I'm pretty attracted to you. I kind of I, I wish I didn't make such a fool out of myself. But so back in the lab with Bernard, uh, he looks up all the first generation hosts that are in the park. And he cross references that with the ones that are built by Arnold. And he finds out that there were 47 not these ones that are currently in the park that were built by Arnold. So Ford lied to him straight to his face about yeah. those being the only ones Arnold ever built. And if you notice when he's kind of going through the list, we see a picture of Dolores in that group, but we, we already knew that, but now Bernard knows it as well. So back with man in black and Teddy and the soldiers have got them tied up uh, to a wagon and it th- seems like they're going to brand Teddy with like a cattle brand. That's all that's, you know, red hot. And Teddy now has a flash of him remembering, or he's, re- he's remembering, uh, the things that were implanted into his brain by Ford about Wyatt, um, about his whole backstory. And uh, Teddy is, he basically gets his, his way free before they can brand him. And he brands the guy right in the face with the hot branding iron. And right in the face. 
Right. And somehow Man in Black gets free to. So Teddy and the Man in Black start to kind of fight their way out again, try to get through this uh, camp. And it seems like they're able like they they could have got away and ran through the tunnel without getting caught by any of the rest of the soldiers because they're far enough ahead. But Teddy says he doesn't want to be followed uh, by them because uh, they're just going to cause trouble later if if they leave them there. So. Teddy goes and finds his Gatling gun and he probably, I don't know, kills 30 or 40 guys with his Gatling gun all in one fail swoop. Yeah, this was a bit um, excessive. Although it doesn't make sense that, you know, in a game they would have that. Right, but it it also makes sense because, well, storyline-wise, we can't have them still there because in the future... Uh, we'll be we would be questioning. Oh, why aren't these Union soldiers, you know, following them? Like, yeah. So they kind of answered that question. Uh, you by just killing them all off. So we go to Bernard's office, and Elsie gives Bernard a call. And tells him that the satellite that the stray broadcast to, like the uh, little thing that was in an arm, the the satellite that it was broadcasting to was a Delos satellite, which is the company that runs Westworld. So some whoever's stealing this info is sending it to their own satellite. So she thinks it's probably somebody in the company that's stealing this info. Yeah, it's an inside job using the technology from, the, from Westworld. Right. And Elsie also thinks that the voices in their heads, uh, like we see seen in the past of a, a lot of different people hearing this the Arnold's voice is she thinks that it's being broadcast from inside the park from an old broadcasting uh, station. So she wants to go find the transmitter inside the park. Uh, she said says that all of them have been shut down forever because these are ones that haven't been used since the original. Uh, well, I think probably since they switched over to the uh, flesh and blood instead of being actual robots. But she's found this one transmitter in the park that's for some reason on and transmitting. So she's going into the park to find it. So she uses one of those underground elevators again. So we go into Westworld with Dr. Ford and little, little Ford meets up with him again, except they're in the woods this time. And Ford wants to play catch with the dog. And little Ford takes him to the dog and shows him that the dog is dead. And we're kind of like, huh? This is weird. Yeah, this confused me. All right, well, we'll get to it in a second, I guess. Uh, we're, con- we're right now. We're ramping up towards the end, so um, we're gonna get a lot of quick, quick stuff here. But Elsie, uh, she's now at this old theater uh, that obviously hasn't been used in forever because it's filled with like storage uh, stuff, and she's looking for the transmitter, and she finds it hidden underneath the stage. And she starts to download uh, the content. Uh, she wants to find out who accessed all this last and who's been messing with it, basically. So she's trying to... She connects her uh, little pad up to it to to download as much information as she can. So we go to... Oh, we go to Teresa's apartment now. And Bernard comes to talk to Teresa about... it. You can tell he he's, he's like, okay, now that I've seen this secret Ford family and he's been hiding that from me, I need to tell somebody about what's going on because there's bigger problems than I thought. Yeah. So he goes uh, there 
to tell her that, but Elsie calls him right before he can kind of uh, blurt it out to Teresa because uh, Teresa's more interested in like, I told you we'd broken up. I don't want to. Why are you at my apartment at the middle of the night? But uh, Elsie calls him and she tells him that Teresa is the one that accessed this thing last and that she's the one that's been stealing the info out of the park. Bum, bum, bum. She's an inside job from high up. Right. So Bernard at this juncture, Bernard's like, OK, maybe I shouldn't tell her about Ford. Uh, and at this point, Elsie tries to tell Bernard something that uh, something else about it, about it, uh, something bigger is going on here. But Bernard, he doesn't want to give anything else away to Teresa. So he hangs up on her without saying anything. Back at the body shop, Maeve, uh, she's. They're looking at the tablet that's connected to Maeve, and they're looking at all her attributes. And I guess it's a they said twenty point attribute system. So, there, how much pain you feel, how much empathy you feel, how kind you are, how uh, evil you are, all those things are on like a, a point scale in these robots. And she's looking at where hers are set, and she wants the text to change her attributes uh, to make her more. Uh, What's the word for it? Um, cognizant of reality. Yeah. That, uh, there's one one setting on there that is it's set for a certain amount for every single uh, host that it can't go over. Some are lower, some are higher, but she's at the highest Isn't it level. Basically, their intelligence. I would call it more a cognition because it's like the their ability to recognize what's happening around them. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, which obviously they don't. Uh, whoever's programming this, you don't want that to be set too high, because as soon as you get that too high, they're going to realize they're going to be cognizant of the fact that they're not in a real world. Yeah. So that's why, probably why they have it set for a certain amount that they can't go over. But she wants the text to change this, obviously, because she wants uh, she wants to be smarter. She wants them to turn a bunch of attributes up and some of them down. Um, I think pain was the one she w- wanted them to turn uh, down a little bit. Yeah. She definitely wanted sort of more, more strength, more, I'm sure intelligence was one of them. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, the, the, the mean, the redheaded guy, he says, we can't do that. We have, to, we would have to have like a password, uh, like one of the programmers would have, and we're not a programmer. And she kind of blackmails him because I guess she, like we we know that she's been paying attention to what's been going on uh, when she's per- been pretending to be in sleep mode, and she does the same thing Elsie does, kind of blackmails him by saying, "I saw you having sex with one of the hosts, and I yeah. know you can do this because you uh, you've been wiping uh, those things away." Uh, and he kind of looks at her like, "Oh crap, she's got me now." Yeah. So we go back to Bernard, and he's kind of in a hallway now. Uh, Elsie calls him, and she's found that somebody has been modifying uh, the host's main directive uh, just at random, and that so that some of these hosts, and they don't know which ones, some of them could be lying to them, and some of them could possibly even hurt people, like uh, the guests. Yeah, and then and, it's definitely more than just the few that ford had in that little cottage right and she's uh bernard's like who who's the one that's changing the main directive and she says it's arnold is the one that's been 
is the one that's been accessing uh, these parts of it. And Bernard says, but he's dead. <laughs> Basically, like, how can he, a dead guy be doing all this? Got skills so, for a dead dude. Right. So we go to Ford's office, and he's analyzing Little Ford uh, to see why Little Ford, uh, why the dog is dead. He wants to know what happened. And Little Ford tells him that he doesn't know why the dog uh, dead or who killed the dog. And Ford says, are you lying to me? And puts him into kind of an, an, uh, analytical mode. And the little kid says, yeah, he, he's lying. So we know that this little Ford character can lie. And then we realize uh, wh- what happened is little Ford says the dog was chasing a rabbit and it killed the rabbit. And so little Ford had to had to kill the dog to uh, he says if it was dead, it couldn't hurt any anything anymore is what little Ford says. And he says that Arnold told him to kill the dog. Which is interesting because in the very beginning of last episode, we got the Custer story about Ford. When he was a kid, his greyhound chasing a rabbit and killing it. Remember that story? Yeah. So that's where this is all coming from, uh, is that story, I guess. Except in this version, uh, little Ford kills the dog. So... Um, we go back to the theater with Elsie and she's downloading data uh, into her tablet and she hears something behind her and we get our very uh, horror movie scene, very, very horror movie scene where she's searching around the dark room with the flashlight going, hello, are you there? Hello, Bernard, is that you? And as she looks around the room, someone from behind grabs her and pulls her away. We go back to the body shop, and Maeve, uh, they've gotten access to Maeve's attributes, and and when they get in there, they find out that somebody who has, like, way higher access than they do has already been messing with her attributes already. And they're kind of freaked out because they're going, oh, we sh- maybe we shouldn't mess with this because obviously somebody is going to notice the person who's already been messing with this. But she, Maeve convinces them uh, to turn up uh, all of the things she wants them to turn up and change. And she kind of, it looks like she goes into God mode a little bit. She like gets this look in her eye like, oh, I'm all, all the knowledge of the universe is just being poured into my brain right now. Yeah, and she says, silly little boys. And she says, uh, we're going to have some fun, aren't we? And then we just cut the credits. <laughs> It's a very fun ending. Uh, there's a lot of build happening here, and we only had one character introduction of Charlotte, who um, I really enjoyed. I I was worried that the show was gonna never give us the board; it was just gonna be the secret uh, entity that we never got to see. But uh, she's kind of gonna be the face of the, what we know as the board, so that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah, and she's a good face. I don't know if I. This is definitely not as, uh, I don't want to say bad. The the last episode was a lot less uh, exciting. This one uh, had a lot going on, but it was definitely, it definitely feels like the middle of the season right now. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, There's a build going on. There's also still that bit of familiarity now. Right, exactly. So, uh, but as we get into it, it's going to get more exciting towards the end. That's almost guaranteed, so. 
So yeah, that was Westworld episode six. Uh, last but not least on our list, Choose Your Own Adventure part six. Hey. Hey. All right. So last time we decided to hide because Doctor was uh, trying to run towards the uh, nuclear power plant to try to warn them, and we decided to hide instead of getting caught by the guards. If Yes. That's where we were at last time. So let me yeah, see. we were being pansies and hiding. Right. And we went towards a nuclear thing. So I'm going to go page 106. Let me get there real quick. Okay. Good decision. It was a tough one to make. You've come to like Segura, but seconds later, one of the guards spots the old man in, a, in his dash to the dome. There is a short blast from an automatic weapon, and the scientist drops in his tracks. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> you and Ned and Mrs. Thornberry duck back into the safety of, uh, of the cloud cover. You're in a state of shock, having seen Segura get gunned down. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Oh, what, what do we do now? Uh, you ask. Let's head back for the plane. We don't have much time. Uh, the Geiger counter was so hot, we better get off this island as fast as possible. Uh, okay, let's go. Right behind you, the guards are shouting to each other and fanning out in the cloud of fog, trying to find you. They must have picked up your presence uh, with some type of sense sense uh, sense devices. Finally, you make it to the to the cove, uh, and the plane is gone. You gasp. Looks like this is it for us. We'll never get off this island alive. Mrs. Thornberry nods in agreement. The three of you sit, staring out at the sea on the rough lava at the edge of the, of the water. You can hear the searchers coming closer and closer. All right, 108. Oh. You might as well try to make some sense of it all. Uh, make sense of all of this before you're caught. Miss Thornberry, why was that reactor built here anyway? Who built it? Uh, the group. They call themselves the International Energy Corporation, she says. Uh, they're building a nuclear power plant here to provide energy for their nationwide uh, and worldwide enterprises. I think they're the cover for the OWO, she answers. How did they get the energy off this island, you ask? They say they're going to beam it up as a microwave radiation to satellites of theirs, then send it down to receivers placed where they need it. That's that, not a very good plan, but all right. Uh, no, that doesn't sound very safe or like it work. Or like it work, yeah. Sounds like you don't believe them. The CIA believes that this group is really trying to produce plutonium to create its own nuclear bomb. Why? Obvious they want to hold the world at ransom. It's not surprising, really. They just didn't count on a meltdown. You nod and ask one final question before you're captured. What about the oil? Who took it? Where did it go? Miss Thornberry looks pensive for a minute and says simply, used up, I guess. Odd how it happened like that all at once. We'd been warned for years, but we never listened. Out of the fog come three men. You're doomed. The end. <gasps> At the end oh my God. of Trouble on Planet Earth. Oh dear, we're doomed. That, yep. we're, 
Wait, we got captured or killed. So that is that is the end. What a great, what a lovely way for us to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all doomed. What a, that, that's really fitting for this episode as well. Yeah, and the OWO apparently is going to win over the day. Uh, well, I guess their nuclear reactor is going to get destroyed, but it seems like they're still fine. So, yeah. Yeah, they can probably blame it on us. Oh, excuse me. So, yeah, that's the end of this Choose Your Own Adventure. I don't know. Maybe we'll do another one next time. I have other books, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Uh, everybody go to audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Uh, if you want a free book uh, and a 30-day trial, go check that out. Uh, email address, if you guys want to email the show, anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love some emails. We got a lot of, we're getting a whole lot of uh, feedback and stuff on the Facebook, which is awesome, but we don't always, we don't want to talk a whole lot about your stuff on Facebook unless you tell us you want us to talk about it on the show. Uh, if you yeah, send it in the email, like... we will definitely talk about it on the show. So. Yeah, and we, you know, sometimes our brains don't necessarily work the same as everybody else's out there. So if you've got something that we might not be aware of or something like that, you know, let us know. Something that we should look something, into and could be quite amusing. Right. Some, If we're wrong about something or if we're right about something or if we're misinformed about something, let us know. Um, yeah. Next week, uh, news of the week, we will be doing uh, round five of torture me with tv which fro said is vanderpump rules uh season five episode one uh we'll be doing survivor series predictions and nxt predictions uh for the week after we're going to be doing best soda ever tournament we'll be doing another digital review of arrival which i'm really i really want to see but uh you know i'm a big alien movie kind of fan so and westworld episode seven So that's next week on the show from America and from the UK and from Norway for Fro. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye.